with the extended mix this time? I don't know. It started <laughs> over. I had it set for I wanted to start, and then it starts over. It all worked out in the end because Catherine just walked in the room. So welcome Jello. to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back to kick things off. Lots to talk about. Great match up next with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. Welcome to the Country Western Show. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is Blues Travelers, Tom. I know it's Blues Travelers. Yeah, I heard that. I love this song. I heard that sass. <laughs> what sass? I said you heard her sass. I'm sassy. She was sassing up a storm. <laughs> sassing up a storm, that's all I know. Just Why are you sassy, sassy today? Wednesday. Yes. Why are you sassy today? I don't know, I'm tired. I've had kids. Oh, well, just dump it on us. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I just... Bring I, it to work. Everyone's tired. Yeah. Well, I've had kids waking up late, missing buses, uh, so then I'm the uh, taxi cab in the morning. Uh, and uh, Yeah. Children. I know. Yeah. I like that she goes, yeah. <laughs> I have a cat that wakes me yeah. up at 6.30 on the clockwork. I have five cats. Oh. <laughs> I got you I, beat. I get a... I get up at 4 a.m. I got you both beat. So there you go. I don't need a cat to get me up at 4 a.m. Yeah. You know, I have not woke, awakened to an alarm in 30 years. I don't think I've I ever just had wake a, up in my life. Used an alarm. Yeah, I just, I, yeah, I just uh, I, I, to I don't me, have an alarm. I think if you have an alarm, it, it wakes you up and puts you in a bad mood. Well, yeah. Oh, I need an alarm. Would me. It does. It you puts do? you in an angry mood because it's like. Mm-hmm. I have. Any, you know, I shut my alarm off in my sleep, so I got the, there's an, on my alarm app, I can make it where it's a puzzle lock, so I have to do a puzzle to turn it off, so I have to wake up more, but now my brain has gotten so used to it, I start, I can do the puzzle without waking up. It's a number sequence. You lost me. I don't know how I'm doing it. 
So I have multiple alarms. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need an alarm. Do I don't have to be anywhere. Why don't you do what my dad did uh, when I was in first grade, which means I was five years old because I started school at four years old. Uh, I didn't want to get up and go to school, so my dad came in and threw a bucket of cold water on me, <laughs> on a five-year-old kid. He really would do that? Oh, God, yeah. He was one of the biggest pricks I ever met in my life. <laughs> Except for his dad and, and my mother's dad were even bigger dinks than my father was. So nice male role models in my family. You know what I'm saying. Eh, it's just the way life is. I was it's up, all I was up around you where you grew up today. You grew up in Long Prairie? Oh, oh, you mean you were in North Minneapolis? Yeah. I didn't grow up in North oh, in Long I Prairie. I was just born there. Oh, okay. No, I grew up in North Minneapolis, yes. Yeah, That's I, where you were today? Yeah, I was up there today. What were you doing? I had some errands to run, and I had stopped in the Bauer Brothers and uh, Discount Steel. Were you, buying, were you buying fentanyl? <laughs> yeah, I was buying fentanyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I actually bought some, buying some, some Porsche stall doors. What? Horse really? stall oh, yeah. doors. Oh, I thought That's you a good said idea. Porsche stall. No, I'm like, horse. Oh, horse. Horse stall doors. He did say Porsche, by the way. You did say Porsche. <laughs> oh. I, wish, I wish I was buying Porsche stall doors. <laughs> <laughs> you had a, a barn with deal. doors manufactured by Porsche. That'd be uh, interesting. We can now officially call you Farmer Nick, which I, I'm looking forward to doing for the rest of my life. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I was amazed, though. <laughs> like, I went by, like, like Cliff and Norm's at like nine thirty, and there's people in there drinking. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's just part of. It. Hey, here here's most of the people in the neighborhood when I was growing up at about seven forty five. Let me in. Like, settle down. Did you see the guy with the holding the baby got shot there yesterday? Really? Yeah, guy was out front of his house holding the baby, but he is gang man. He is gang affiliated, but he was holding the baby, and they shot him anyway. <laughs> Well, I have a question, and maybe I would like to track down the Crips or Bloods or whatever it is. What is the upside of being in a gang these days? Protection. Because I don't see the upside. It's protection. Protection from who? Other gangs. Yeah, basically. If all the gangs well, just dissolved good. at once, then there would be no problem. And but... so you can have yeah. your block. You can have your yep. corner to sell your dope, and nobody can mess with you. Oh, okay. Well, I, that doesn't work. No. No. It's not never working. has worked. It's never worked. So I don't know what to tell you about this whole situation. Um, I was sent a few things by listeners. On, and by the way, Joe from Louisville says, tell Cassie to get an air horn to wake her kids up. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> I should. That'll that, do it. That will work. That will get everybody right up. But uh, I, was, uh, I was sent some stuff by listeners on different things. Uh, one of the things was, is it true that over the weekend... Elaine Omar was on some, I don't know if it was Al Jazeera or what it was, but she said she, every day she hates living in America. Well, she said that before. I've seen her say that before in other things. Jesus. She hates living in America. A bad yeah. person. Oh, God. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, so we elected somebody to Congress in the, the, the great state of Minnesota who hates living in America. Well, we got to be diversified. Yeah, but imagine how what much white wrong? guilt was assuaged. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, she, so, so you know for a fact she actually has said that. Oh, she said that in the past, yeah. Oh, God. What are we doing? What are we doing? I was just talking to a, the reason that it all came up is I was talking to a friend of mine. I uh, was at a restaurant yesterday, and his uh, server was a young, he said, about a 25-year-old young woman. And uh, she was telling him, she's young, a 25-year-old young white woman, and she was telling my friend that uh, white people in America don't even know how racist they are, and they don't even know they're racist when they are racist. <laughs> I, I just, I can't take it anymore with this whole thing. Well, technically, Where do she's they not get those wrong. Ideas? It's just self-directed racism. So. I tell you, the whole country. Oh, well, that's the, true. Yeah. The whole world. And listen, it's not just here, Tom. This is a worldwide oh, no, no. thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have a lot of friends in Italy, so I follow their posts on social media. They have this, they're, they're actually more intense with the left and the right in yeah. Italy right now than we are. Oh, yeah. Europe's in a really bad position right now because of yeah, the they are. extreme leftism that's 
you know, sweeping everywhere. And it is really, well, it's really it's extreme. Really, really extreme, yeah. And most of the stuff Look. they're talking about it's are fool's errands. Like, they're talking about getting rid of the Electoral College. It's an impossible task. Yeah. It can't be done. Impossible. You would no. have to have 99% of the House and 99% of the Senate. It would yeah. never happen. It's impossible. It no. can't happen. Nothing's ever got that high of a vote for anything. You could say, "Let's we can stop cancer tomorrow. We need 99 to 99%, and you couldn't get it. Yeah, really. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, it would be totally unfair to anybody who lives outside a metro area. It would be completely unfair. But they don't yeah. care about that part. No, they just uh, at least. It. Yeah, they do. At least Brunei has gotten everything straight. You see their new uh, laws that they've put in place you know that company's <laughs> suffering mightily because their oil uh, money's pretty much dried up mm. so good luck to them but uh the sultan of brunei now i can't remember his name anymore but he's the new he's, he's a semi-new guy they just passed some sharia law sharia law um brought it into effect that basically if two men are caught are caught even uh, being amorous toward one another certainly having sex uh that they'll be murdered well, they will be killed immediately. That's most most of those yeah, countries. Sounds so. about right. You're put to death. They'll be, and then women. But if women, a woman is caught with another woman, she just gets a hundred lashes. So they kind of like the idea too. Mm-hmm. Women having sex. <laughs> That's hilarious. Guys get killed. The women just get beat a little bit. You know, just <laughs> we got to do something to you. It's just unbelievable how nuts the whole world has become. Are we getting dumber by the minute? I think so, man. I don't. I I look at it, Tom, and just like and just have to go. What? I, it's I, uncomprehendable. Like you can't even comprehend that these people are even getting elected. No, you cannot. Uh, you look at these people. And say, are you really, honest to God? Here's what I like. So Joe Biden and I don't know Joe Biden, and I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican or anything like that. Uh, there are a couple of women suggest that he smelled their hair, so they want to hang him from the, the highest yard arm. But apparently another woman came forward and said she has pictures of Keith Ellison dragging her off her bed and abusing her. But that's okay. And wh- How is and, that okay? And one thing I have to say about all of it, even all yeah. the women accusing Biden, they're all affiliated with the Democratic Party. Yeah, with Beto mm. O'Rourke. Right. They worked for the Democratic Party. They're all Democrats. Yep. And, and oh, God. So I, don't, I think somebody in the Democratic Party is trying to knock Biden out. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Somebody they else want somebody running. new. Want somebody young. They want somebody new. They want some, some new a breath of fresh air in there. But who's that going to um, be? I don't know. I have no idea. I just really wish that that we were all held to the same standard. You know how nice it would be if we were all held to the exact same standard. It's never been that way in the world. But if we were all just exa- held to the exact same standard, you know how much better life would be. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You're absolutely right about that. It's really, really sad, actually. Uh, you know, I was talking this morning about uh, about several of these different things, and people, some people, they they strongly agree with your position, and some people get offended. No matter what I say, I'm offensive. I could say good morning. <laughs> well, how do you know I'm having a good morning? Yeah. Like, calm down. That's where Jeez. we're going. We are. We are headed there. You can't even say good morning to somebody because it's none of my business if they're having a good morning or not. Well, you can see it if you live in, in, in places like down Center City, downtown Minneapolis. Yeah. Nobody says hello oh, God, or good yeah. morning or anything. You just shut up and look at your phone. Well, let me ask you a question. I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because let me ask you all a question. I used to get upset, and Catherine would say, would you stop getting upset by that? But I'd be walking along the street, and somebody would be looking at me. So I would make eye contact with them and, and say, how you doing? And they, instead of responding, would look away. And it would piss me off, and so I'd go, well, never mind then, or whatever, to them, right? Well, apparently people are so afraid of making contact with someone they don't know, they won't do it. Oh, no. And now I guess with this this smelling the hair thing with Joe Biden, apparently people don't want you touching them. They don't want to touch you. Don't come near me. Don't talk to me. Because you're going to go, if you talk to me, there's a chance that you might go after me. Yeah, that's the whole thing. That's sad. Everybody wears headphones and stares at their phones. They do. but, But they're all terrified to breathe now. Is that how we're supposed to be? You have to be afraid to even take a breath without a fed. You're breathing my air. I'm going to go after you. Pretty like, much. Oh. 
I mean, honestly, God, Cassie and Andy, you're you're younger people. What what is this? I I can't even put words to it anymore. <laughs> honestly, like, who's, no. do, who's what? Who's for it? Like this stuff that's coming up. Who's where's the people that are for it? I I don't know. I I, I think people fake that they're for stuff just to be trendy. But I don't think people. I I can't imagine the human mind actually thinking that half the stuff that they do is okay. People I, vote for things without knowing what they're voting for because of who says yeah, it. But no, I'm not even talking about that. True. I live in the same condo building downtown for 10 years. I said hello to the same people every day. They never responded ever. And Nancy, and I thought maybe it's just because I'm weird looking. So Nancy said... Well, said to me, that's true. And, but no, but Nancy said hello to the same people, and they never said hi back to her either. Yeah. They I, didn't? I, no. No, Tom. Really? They huh. don't. In fact, it was actually, she got more, a couple women would say hi back to me, but never to Nancy. Hmm. Really? Yeah, it's well, really she's weird. Cute. I she's cute. I think it's cute. They're jealous? Well, no, I, yeah. I just think in today's society, we're told every day we hate each other. We're so yeah, yep, different true. from one another. Well, what are people most afraid of? Something that's different from them. So they don't want to interact yeah. with other people. Strange place we live in. I know. I like all people. I like to talk to anybody and learn something. You learn something from anybody you talk to, just about, unless you mm-hmm. get somebody that's yeah. really dumb. Most people say hi to me. Yeah, I can see I that. I don't know why. Well, aren't you special? No, I'm just saying, <laughs> most people do. They're probably, I mean, they're probably, you know. they're probably because they're afraid of you. Well, probably true. I say hello to her because I'm afraid of her. I know that. I'm only scary when you mess with me. Very nice until you mess with me. Do you walk yes, around dear. with a creepy grin on your face, Catherine? And people are like, oh, I better say hi to her. No, I don't think that. Yeah. <laughs> I run around with a T-shirt that says, who can I sue? Yeah, who can I sue dot com. She's a strong, she's a strong looking woman. So, you might you know. Strong looking. Yeah, you mm. look strong. Okay. Is that a mean compliment? strong yeah, like I mean, confidence? You, you probably are strong, but you She's look strong. She's a strapping lassie. Yeah, she's a strapping lassie. <laughs> <laughs> like calling kick, you lassie. You look like you could kick butt. Well, yeah. Well, if you, if like I said, I'm absolutely meek as a lamb no, until you're you not. mess with No, <laughs> you're lying to yourself. Yeah, I'm no, call, you I'm are calling not. Me. All, right. All, that. All right, meek isn't the right word. I'll let admit me just, it. Let me just, a little Catherine story for oh, L.A. Nick no, and Cassie. You probably never even heard this. The One of the first times I ever went on a date with Catherine, way back in the day, we're taking a walk around Lake Calhoun. And there's a very you mean, large you mean black Lake, man. Lake Kukupakakika. Yes, Makaska. Bade Makaska. I think it is. Anyway, I was walking around Lake Calhoun, as I said. But anyway, <laughs> um, you know, I can call anything. You know what? I'll be honest with you. You know, Irving Avenue. If I want to change the name of Irving Avenue to <laughs> Joseph Avenue, that's my business. That's what I. If I want to call Irving or uh, Joseph, I'll call it Joseph. It's none of your business, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the way it is. I wouldn't mail me a letter there, but, you know. But in any case, this very large black man, very muscular black man, is on inline skates. And he's supposed to be on the bike path, but he's on the walking path. Right? Mm -hmm. So Catherine confronts him, and they go nose to nose and start screaming at one. I didn't confront him. He pushed me. Oh, he did. That's right. He did kind of push. Yeah, he pushed me. So then Catherine's nose to nose with the guy screaming at each other and all the rest of it. And I'm looking at him going... (laughs) The only shot I got is he's on inline skates, so if I punch him once right in the face, he'll go down, and then I could run away. No, all you have to do do is just go into the grass, and inline skates go nowhere. (laughs) Just run into the grass. That's always my plan. So at the end of the argument, she's screaming at him, and he's screaming at her. At the end of the argument, he looks at me and goes, man, you can have her. Was the uh, I will. I said, well, here's a woman I could fall in love with. She'll scream at giant men. Yeah, there you go. Now, the guy was actually a very nice guy. I don't know. Did, did he mean to push you? Yes. He, he was mad because um, walkers think they own the sidewalk. Well, you're supposed to walk on the sidewalk. <laughs> it's or, like, you know, uh, do, you do know that pedestrians always have the right of way all the time. Oh, God, we got to take a break here. We'll be right back, though, I promise, right after this. 
It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Vilsky. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me, too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. <laughs> Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom here. Over the years, you've heard me go on and on about my eyes and how great I've been treated by the folks over at Whiting Clinic. Well, it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States and the trusted LASIK provider around these parts. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts that they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. For a limited time, mention my name and receive an additional $300 off your LASIK. That's $300 off Whiting Clinic's already low price for LASIK. Trust your eyes to Twin Cities LASIK experts. Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020 and don't forget to tell them Tom sent you. Offer expires March 31st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers. Ho, 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 ho. Fu fighting. All right, Cassie, wise acre that you are. <laughs> what was the follow-up song to this song? Oh, gosh, I know this. Uh, Come on, Carl Douglas. Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, it had some, Oh, my gosh, I can't think of what... Everybody was practicing Taekwondo. <laughs> yes, that's exactly... Everybody was Taekwondoing. Nope, it was Dance the Kung Fu. That's what it was. Okay, I couldn't remember <laughs> if it was, like, karate or... I'd like to see people dancing the Kung Fu. I don't think that broke the top 20, though, did it? Probably not. Kung Fu Fighting did. Yes. Yeah, Kung Fu Fighting was a big hit. Yeah, Yeah, it was a big hit, as a matter of fact. Never understood that, but... Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Nobody was Kung Fu Fighting when I was a kid, but what the hell? Me neither. Well, all those movies were super popular. Yeah, they were. The karate movies were very popular for a while. (laughs) I know. I love the dialogue. (laughs) That's the Kung Fu in the U.S. 48th. Which is actually better than I expected. Never made America's Top 40. No, literally. American Top 40. It was. Now we've got the follow-up. Did they ever find... What was the final thing with that? Did they ever find his body? Wasn't his body missing... Who, Carl Douglas? No, the top. Oh, Casey Kasem? Casey Kasem, yeah. Oh, that's right. The body disappeared oh, yeah. for a while. They, like, yeah, moved they it found him. You yeah. found him? Okay. Yeah, we had his daughter on. Yep. Remember? Mm-hmm. We had his daughter on. Yeah, Casey Kasem's daughter. What a disaster that was. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine in heaven. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Dance the Kung Fu so. did uh, breach the top ten in the Netherlands, Germany, and Belgium. So, Of course it did. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. that. <laughs> Of all places. Of all places. It's all true. Only places kung fu fighting wasn't number one were Switzerland, Norway, and Italy, where they were two, three, and three. So apparently that song was quite popular. Yeah. It's a big hit. Okay. As an Italian man in America today, LA, I got to ask you a question. (laughs) Okay. I'm listening. Okay, Donald Trump is being roundly criticized uh, in the media because he said his father was born in Germany. Well, he was actually given, his mother gave birth, he was conceived in Germany, and his mother gave birth in America, in New York City. But when I was a kid growing up in North Minneapolis, the Italian families there, the day of your birth is the day the the woman found out that she was pregnant. In other words, well, once there was a fetus in there, they considered that your birthday. I mean, right? From a biological standpoint, that's true. 
but right. Trump, I don't think he's not. He, he's not part of like some well, in old foreign if, community. If you're old school, yeah, it changed. <clears throat> yeah, he's like five yeah. generations ago. Yeah, he's a mm-hmm. he's a third generation American who doesn't. He probably doesn't speak any. No, German he's only at all. second but generation. But you know, Nancy he's second generation. Well, Nancy just got back from Little Italy in Boston, and. She said almost everybody she met, their, their parents just came here. Hmm. Really? Still escaping the mob, Yeah. Huh? They came, they're, they're like, <laughs> the, everybody she met, their parents just migrated to America like 30 years ago. Hmm. Oh, really? really? Which I was, I was sort of surprised about that. Tell them to go back where they she came was, from. <laughs> was she in North Boston, I'm assuming? I guess that's where, wherever Little yeah. Italy is in Boston. But she that's said where the, the food was North. phenomenal. She'll also tell you it's the safest neighborhood in America. Did you know that? Well, you know what she did tell me? That she was the only one in this Italian restaurant. And the chef, Mm -hmm. the guy who runs the place, came out and started smelling her hair and touching it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead serious. Was it Joe Biden? Joe Biden is a chef. And made her really uncomfortable. That's so weird. Oh, yeah. Like he came up behind her and asked if everything was okay and said, yeah, and he smelled her hair and started playing with her hair. And she said she was like freaked out, man. Has he never seen a blonde person before? That's what she thinks. She thinks that he never saw anybody with blonde hair. But she was like, should I I run? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, when I was uh, in India, yeah. And when I was in India, they all wanted to touch blonde hair. Yeah. China's that way. And light skin. And light skin. In rural places. Places in China and yeah. Japan, yeah, they'll have never seen a blonde person in real life before. So yeah. if you go there and you have blonde hair, they all want to touch your hair because it's like China is different? probably the only place now because Japan a lot of the girls. I'm got seeing hair. a business opportunity yeah. here. Are you? <laughs> Just have, have yeah. a booth set up and have people pay to touch your hair and smell it. Basically a freak show. <laughs> like a kissing booth. <laughs> I like that, Andy. Your mother in a freak show. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're cooking with gas. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, that's how it's always been. But uh, I just, um, you know, it's so funny. We're looking at all these things, you know, politics here and this, that, and all the rest of it. Every day it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. It really what the does, hell? Tom. Where it, are we headed? It, it is Twilight Zone, oh, man. <laughs> it is. It really is. I watched some stuff. I go, you couldn't write this. If you were a, a writer, you couldn't write this crazy stuff. It's just, It's insanity. I know it's it just uh, none of it makes any. White people don't know they're racist. What are the hell are you talking about? People, I want, where do you come up with that? They're just running around so privileged that yeah, nobody can. Yeah, maybe that's yeah, what it is. Did you see the scene yesterday? One of the children's hospitals is having is opening a, a new ward just for transgender children. All four transgender of them. Transgender children. Yes. What do you mean in transgender children? Some children's hospital. I saw it on the news this morning. Some children's hospital. In one, Minneapolis? Well, yes. Of in course. Minneapolis. Oh. But they're opening so up the children... a, 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 a new wing for transgender <clears throat> children. Yeah, you're right. But the, the Andy children just pulled up change... the story. All right, read the story, Andy, if you would. Because I don't understand. I don't understand it either. It's some. It's a political thing. It's what it is. Well, yes, of course. It's politics. All right, but I they forgot. Don't, they I don't... can't. Open them, Star Tribune. Oh no, you know I can open it. And where'd you find it, Andy? I got it. Nope, just kidding. We oh, do have it. Okay, can't open that one either. They all want money. Oh, for okay, so <laughs> uh, would I find me it the a news. newser? Don Shelby's oh, bring me the news. outfit. They've got it too. Okay, Click. can you read it? Let's see. Children's Minnesota will be adding a new health program designed specifically for transgender or gender diverse youth. Oh my God! No, no, that's not children though. They're talking about teenagers. Uh, no. It's children's Minnesota, so well, yeah. it's under eighteen. Uh, it became one of uh, only a dozen or so hospitals that provide specialized care and support for transgender children and their families. Uh, yeah, they're mm-hmm. saying children, so that yeah, but who knows what that means? I didn't see young adult or anything anywhere. It says parents and their children. Hmm. Well, I have a question. So don't you have to be a certain age in order to have uh, transgender reassignment? You can't have gender reassignment surgery in the state of Minnesota. Last I heard, I have a friend that went through it, and yeah, it's not legal in a lot of... Oh, that's right. That's right. She went through that. Cannot possibly be right. Yeah. He had... 
he, I have a friend, had a friend that mm. was male and then he turned into female and you have to go through a certain amount of therapy and mental analysis yes. yeah, to be approved. Right. Yes. Yeah, but you do, right. yep. he, when he was going to, he was like, I don't think I'm even going to go through it because you can't even have it done here. Yeah, you can. No, oh, yeah, well, you that can. must have changed because that was like five years ago. I guess. But yeah, Minnesota, but I mean, of all more, places, there's... Yeah, we're the most... Yeah, there's no way they wouldn't immediately... The thing that I don't thing. understand about this whole thing, because I saw it <clears> on... Somebody posted on Facebook or whatever. It's like, isn't this segregation? E, well, yeah, technically. Yeah. yeah. There's no, yeah, I don't know, male children or female children's ward because yeah, why like would if there everybody's be? supposed to be so equal and the same, why do they need their own wing? Well, here's the thing that some things that it does do. Uh, it will, they can suppress puberty, they can suppress menstruation, okay. they can give you hormone treatments. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, they can. Basically, start sex reassignment. Is insurance covering this stuff? At what age? Uh, it doesn't say that there is an age. Just, I guess, whenever you want to go in there. You can't have the know, surgery like until you're an adult, but you can give yourself oh, okay. a lot of hormones that will permanently cause issues if you, you know. Which, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I, um, if you don't feel like you're were born the correct gender. I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. So I have yeah, nothing right. against going through gender reassignment, but it just seems strange to me that it's like they need their own separate area. Well, like, now there's why? a lot of people Maybe. saying they, they, they don't, they, they were supposed to be a dog or supposed to be a cat. Like there's a guy. In the no, news. there are now. Oh yes. yeah. There's like oh, dog. There's a guy. There's a guy yeah. yesterday. Oh, he's in the news right now. Everything. He says he, he was born a dog. Yeah. They're called he, kin. And he, he attacked somebody yesterday and bit their face off. Okay. Jesus Look at that. What? Yes. yes it's in the news yesterday. Cause most dogs. He bit their, he bit somebody's face. Well, I mean, well, Identifies as an he insane identifies dog. as a dog. He Euthanasia. says he always has <laughs> since he was. He said, he said since he, as far as back he can remember, he identifies as a dog. Well, then he shouldn't he be in a kennel? Yeah, shouldn't he have an owner? <laughs> have an owner? You don't just like dogs roam the streets. Tom, let's like, let's, let's, let's figure out something new to identify as self as so we can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta read something to you. And, and look, let me be very clear. I don't know why anyone would care what another family does. If that makes you happy, God bless you. I'm happy for you. I hope you're happy with the whole situation. So it's not a situation where, I, oh my God, that offend. I'm not offended in the least. You do what you do. I just figured it out. Uh, Neo, born a dog, died a gentleman. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you know, again, if you think you were born a dog, uh, I'm happy for you. You have, that's good. What I would probably do if I were smart, I'd, I'd claim that I'm a dog, so I'd sit around on my ass like Jude does and eat two full squares a day oh, and get petted a lot. <laughs> It'd be phenomenal. Yeah. Life. Don't forget the walks. You do And you get walked. <laughs> Catherine would take me for a walk twice a day, so that would be good. Time for your walk. Look, Does she, doesn't she I take you know. for walks now? I was going to say, you guys I let him come walk. with us. Yeah, yeah, she lets me go with them now. I don't get taken for a walk. I get to go, maybe. Oh, you get to go. That's the whole deal. I just figured out the hospital thing. What? The reason why they would have a separate unit for um, transitioning children or whatever right. would be because there are these laws now in um, a lot of states, and I believe that there was a woman in Britain that was almost going to go to jail because she mislabeled somebody. Oh, that's right. You can't do that anymore. Yeah, and yep. I'm, I'm yeah, guessing right. that they're going to have to have specialized staff that wouldn't mm -hmm. accidentally call uh, somebody a she who is a he because then right. the, then they can so sue the crap out of everybody. Oh, yeah. okay. That's true. With hospitals, would, it is all about that, avoiding yeah. getting sued. Yes. So I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. And it's also maybe more comfortable for the kids that would have specialists that wouldn't confuse their gender and well, upset them. The one problem that you have with all of this stuff is, I'm not saying everybody in Children's does a great job. I've worked with Children's over the years, and it's a great hospital. It, it really is, and they actually do, I shouldn't say actually, they do care a great deal about their, their patients and all the rest of it. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm in a position where if it makes you happy, and that's great, you know, 
whatever you need, good for you. Is there you, that many kids that, that are that are children that want to get changed or sex to have a new hospital wing built? Well, that's the thing. Well, is statistically, yeah. I think it's like ninety-five percent of kids who believe they're you know gender non-conforming eventually grow oh. out of it. Well, like because kids are dumb. Well, they do. So, well, is it really a smart idea to start? Giving them hormones that will permanently that's, alter yeah. them. That's why they I don't, don't, I don't allow it to be yeah. changed. They can have hormones. And yeah, when hormones can, they, can be stopped. When can they do that? Hormones? Yeah, that's yeah. got to be after puberty. Yeah, they can't they be messing be with that. Sort of, because, like, I mean, Fawn, she's They almost, can start that whenever. She's almost three, and she says, oh, she'll all say something like, you're such a sweet girl, and she'll be like, no, I'm a boy. Sagey's a girl. Right. Like, just whatever <laughs> just yeah. to be, a just wise to be ass, weird yeah. yeah and she calls herself the fart king wow <laughs> sometimes well, well, yeah, is that. too much agency kids don't yeah, know what the hell they're good. talking about but it's yeah, like yeah I, like I, when are they mentally well, aware enough and like in today's understand world, in today's world like 24 yeah, yeah. <laughs> when do they understand Five, enough 27. to make that decision yeah, you know mid-20s mid yeah and especially because I mean, when they're younger, younger. I mean, a kid up to fifteen, you can dress as a anything you want. Yeah, yeah. and it doesn't. They'll just really... go along with it. Yeah, like mm-hmm. no and one would be any the wiser. News... Yeah, know. there was just a news story in France, in Paris, that there was a transgender person who was attacked by an Algerian mob. Right. Right. Yeah, beaten and yep. sexually harassed and spit on and all this stuff. So, I mean, you know, not everybody's all accepting out well, there. Oh, no, no, I know. You can't so. go to any Muslim country as a transgender. Oh, no, no, no. no. no they... Well, this is in France. This was in Paris. Well, that yeah. is a Muslim country. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. we got to take a break here. Settle down, everybody. Got a very special guest coming up next. It's, very, it's a fascinating story. Patricia Walsh Chadwick. She will join us in just a couple of minutes with the family. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. The greatest hits of Gene Krupa. <laughs> How many of you there know who Gene Krupa is? Not me. I don't know. Gene Krupa was one. Sorry. Gene Krupa was once named the greatest drummer who ever lived. He was a, a big band and then a jazz drummer. Phenomenal. Um, what the hell was the name of the movie? There was a, a movie made about him. As yeah, there's, there's lots of videos on him on YouTube. You'll be amazed. So he's just playing two drums, a snare oh. and a tom, and you're like, how's he doing that? <laughs> I know. It's unbelievable. <laughs> go, Gene, go. They used to chant, go, Gene, go, when his band was I think play. I actually have some memorabilia, like a, a, drum, a drum stick and a little mini drum head with a signature on it somewhere. Do you really? Yeah. That's cool. It's out there cool. on eBay. Andy, what's the name of the? Is it? I might just be called the Gene Krupa story. I might. I think it's just called the Gene Krupa story. It's a hell of a, hell of a movie. I know that. Is Patricia ready to go? Yes. 
Patricia Walsh, Chadwick. How you doing, Patricia? I'm very well, thank you. I'm glad to hear it. Little sister, a memoir. Imagine an 18-year-old American girl who's never read a newspaper, watched television, or made a phone call. An 18-year-old girl who has never danced. And this is in the 1960s. It is in Cambridge, Massachusetts, where Leonard Feeney, a controversial, soon-to-be excommunicated Catholic priest, has founded a religious community called the Slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The center's members, many of them educated at Harvard and Radcliffe, surrendered all earthly possessions and aspects of their life, including their children, to him. Patricia, why do, peop- why, why do people so readily do this? That here, you can have all my worldly goods, just why do they do it, Patricia? Well, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm not sure I can answer that question. I know in my own <laughs> case, and I was an infant born into this group, so it certainly was not a decision that I made on yeah. my own. Um, my parents, who were staunchly Catholic, um, adhered to the dogma of the Catholic Church that said, outside the Church there is no salvation. And when mm-hmm. Father Feeney, Leonard Feeney, whom you just mentioned there, was in essence uh, deprived of his priestly functions for holding that staunchly, <clears throat> um, my parents chose to stay with him and suffer through. Mm. That is amazing. But just, So you're the little sister. I am the little sister, yes. That, what a great, that's amazing. It's quite an honor to have you on to talk about this. Uh, Patricia, just so I show some uh, a bit of kinship to you, I grew up a Roman Catholic myself. And uh, when, do, when do you go to confession to go to communion? That's third grade, is that right, I think? In the third grade when you go to uh, first communion? Com- no, communion mm. is about, is, yeah, it's about third grade, yes. yes about third grade. Like eight years okay, old. Okay, so, so yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I was eight years old. And I remember I got in huge trouble, Patricia, because I was sitting in class, and the the nun was up there talking to us, and she said, uh, well, this is one of the things about confession that you need to know, children, is when you go into the confessional for the first time, you must understand that the priest is a conduit to God. And I said, no, he isn't. <laughs> oh, did I get in trouble for that, Patricia? <laughs> they did, she did loud? not. Fly. Yeah, I said it out loud because I went, that's ridiculous. Oh. As an eight-year-old, I knew that was ridiculous. But, you know, my mother was an ardent Catholic, but not, not to the level that your, uh, your family was involved. Now, how did they get involved with this in the first place, Patricia, your parents? As I, as, yeah, so, so there was an organization that was formed in 1940, right, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, okay. and it was called St. Benedict Center, and it was founded by a laywoman named Catherine Clark, And the purpose was to allow Harvard and Radcliffe students, who were Catholic, to have a meeting place. And Mm, there were Newman houses and places like that in other other universities. And then um, it became so, so popular that she petitioned the Jesuits uh, to allow one of their really renowned priests, Leonard Feeney, who was a poet, a writer, a humorist, uh, and, and a teacher, to become the chaplain. And that was in 1943. At the end of the war, my father was introduced to the place. He was uh, getting his graduate degree at uh, Boston College. And my mother was introduced to it because she was becoming Catholic. And my father and my mother met, and six months later they were married, and this was in 1947. And somewhere between that 1943 and 1947, when my parents joined, somewhere right after the war, actually, uh, mm-hmm. Leonard Feeney took a much more strident approach towards morals and ethics as taught in the university system in this country. And it really derived from his shock at the uh, bombings of Hiroshima and, and Nagasaki. And oh, okay. with that came this adherence to the Catholic dogma that said, and one that you would have been taught, that outside the Catholic Church there is no salvation. In other words, you had to be Catholic to get to heaven. And I'm sure the nuns probably yeah, taught you right. that. They may have yes, also taught yep. you should be kind to other people, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact of the matter is, mm-hmm. um, Father Feeney and Catherine Clark, who eventually became Sister Catherine, um, held firmly to this. And the Archdiocese of Boston was trying to engage in a much more ecumenical approach towards uh, other people, people of other religions, and rather begged Father, please don't push that. And my father, who was teaching at Boston College, was also told, listen, you can't, you can't be chilling out, as it were, with... Father Feeney and, and preaching that stuff. And my father signed a contract in 47 that said he, he, he refused to sign that letter. So he knew he was mm-hmm. being watched. Long story short, 
um, at the end of that year, so I was then born. I was four months old. The Diocese of Boston told Leonard Feeney he had to leave the center, and he was no longer um, could um, have his priestly faculties. At which point, he, Father Feeney, started this order, the Slaves of the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And my parents were two of 51 people who signed on to that religious order. They continued, uh, you know, there were a number of couples who were married and other couples who were engaged, but that was what they engaged in. And over the next few years, they morphed into a true religious community, changing their clothes. Um, so they now looked much more like nuns. Uh, and eventually Father was changing people's names, and they all became sister and brother, and I no longer could call them mom and dad or mommy and daddy. And then Father even changed my name, Father meaning Father Feeney, changed my name, uh -huh. which had been Mary Patricia, and he changed me to Anastasia. And that was just like the first crack, and from there, when I was six, the children were separated from their parents, all the children that were three years and older. I had four siblings, four younger siblings by them. And so three of us were older, over the age of three, and we were separated from our parents and lived dormitory style on, in the premises, right, among the houses that were there. And uh, then shortly thereafter, Leonard Feeney approached my parents, asking them to take a vow of celibacy, which they promptly refused to do. And yet he came back at them over and over again and finally told mm -hmm. them they were the only holdouts. And they felt that if they didn't do that, they would be forced to leave. And they truly did feel, rightly or wrongly, that we were going to get the best Catholic education by staying there. So they, gave, they, they took on um, a vow of celibacy. And then from there, uh, when, yeah, when we moved to, out of Cambridge to Still River, Massachusetts, which is a part of Harvard, just west of Concord, uh, the rules and the regulations became far more severe, and we weren't not, we're not even allowed to speak to our parents anymore. And so I could see them, and I could see them working and doing their things, but you could never, you weren't even supposed to smile. But my father would break the rules, and he would wink at us, and I'm talking about Ooh. my siblings and me. He yeah, would actually yep. wiggle his little finger as, as his way of saying hello. And then he and I had a special little pact where on each of our birthdays, and birthdays were no longer celebrated, on each of our birthdays, mm -hmm. we would find a way to cross each other's path. And he would always whisper to me, happy birthday, my little princess. And my little princess Aww. was the way he addressed all four of his daughters. What a story this is. And now, I, I got to tell you, Patricia, from, from the way you speak, that you probably um, maybe didn't toe the line. Is that, uh, is that a good guess? <laughs> well, I tried to toe the line. <laughs> I, I failed. Tried. <laughs> but I failed to toe the line when nature took over. And at the age of about 13 or so, I started to develop a crush on one of the men. And mm -hmm. for that, uh, I mean, that was probably a cardinal sin there because... Sister Catherine, by then everyone was brother and sister, and Sister Catherine had a vision and a mission to take all 39 children and mold them into religious for life. We were told over and over again by Leonard Feeney and Sister Catherine that we were the luckiest 39 children in the world uh, sure. because we have been dedicated to God from our infancy. And I could think of nothing worse, frankly, than uh, having a life of a nun, but I knew that I had no choice in what my life would be. And... But I could not help. I mean, she could try to thwart the laws of nature, but somehow the social experiment wasn't working with me. And it be when it became quite evident to her that no matter what she did, I was not going to be mold. I wasn't malleable. I was just simply, she couldn't mold me into the, uh, the creature she wanted. She decided I should leave. Oh, they, they decided. So you didn't decide you should leave. They said you need to go. He told me that I needed to go, and when anyone at the center left, it was, being, it was called being kicked out. And it was the most ignominious thing that could happen. And so I knew I was leaving. I was not allowed to tell anyone. And when I graduated from high school, because we were taught there, when I graduated from high school, I was simply secreted away and never said goodbye to anyone. 
and was fearful that I would never see anyone in my family again. So, Patricia, now you're so you were what 17 at the time, is that right? I was, yes. You're 17, and you 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 have no idea what the outside world even looks like, do you? That's correct. I had never, as you read, read a magazine, I'd never watched television, and I didn't even know the language of the world. I didn't know who Frank Sinatra was. I didn't know who Marlon Brando was. I didn't know who, you know, Elvis Presley was. But I, I had never heard slang, much less a oh, sure. swear word. So there mm-hmm. was a whole ar- ar- arena of language that I had to come to learn. So, Patricia, where did you go when they kicked you out? So for the summer, which was quite interesting, I was told literally a couple of weeks before I was leaving that my, uh, my aunt and my uncle, my father's sister and her husband, who had four children, right, not too far away, maybe 50 miles away, um, I was going to stay with them for the summer. And it was, it was eye-opening, but I say I felt like a neophyte. I felt like an alien uh, mm-hmm. because family life had not existed. And I had a cousin who was heading off to St. Anselm's um, in New Hampshire that fall, and I remember thinking that summer, his life's all, you know, carved out for him. He knows what he's doing. And I was there thinking, I have no idea, because I had been accepted into college, not because uh, Sister Catherine had any intention of sending me, but rather because she needed to, to be able to show the state of Massachusetts that we deserved to be accredited, because we were, you know, all taught at home. Now, let me remind you, these people were... There were some very, very, very brilliant teachers, but uh, you had to prove it to the state. And so when I got into both uh, Bates College, where my father had gone, and Vassar, mm-hmm. it was um, pretty evident that the state couldn't say, well, the educational system's no good. So that was um, kind of the last effort I made on behalf of the place. I actually was fully aware that I was being kicked out when I did that. And I also knew Sister Catherine had no intention of letting me go, and so I had to write the letters saying I wasn't going to go. And then I come out into the world, and I see my cousin going, and his sister is getting prepared to look at what colleges she wants to go to. And I, have no t- I don't know what I'm going to do. And Sister Catherine finally either suggests or you know, says it's okay if I go to a secretarial school in Boston, which I did, uh, and I aced the course very, very quickly, at which point I was invited to work, to have a job there. Well, I had never known what it was like to apply for a job. I didn't know uh, what to do but say yes, because I knew that I was going to be on my own and I was going to have to, uh, you know, earn money. And so uh, once that happened, I was making, I, I was offered a job for $85 a week, and that would include working two evenings. And I found a one-room, a one-bedroom place, a one-room uh, at the YWCA in Boston and set up myself as an independent person living apart from the center. That is amazing. We only have about one minute left here, but I want to know. So how did, did you meet someone later in life? Did you get married? Do you have children yourself? Uh, what an amazing story. Very much story. so. I, I, I started writing the book when I was 60. I got married in my 30s. We've been married for 34 years. We have two children who are in their 20s now. All has turned out well, and I really point out that this is not a Mommy Dearest story. It is actually a no. love story. It's a story about a family that could not be broken. You are and, unbelievable, you know, I do have a website. Well, I have a website, oh, yeah. patriciachadwick.com, and so that can uh, provide other podcasts or other uh, videos or things that I've done to try to help uh, shed light on the book. It's a wonderful thing. Little Sister, a memoir, Patricia Walsh Chadwick. Patricia, great story. Thanks so much for your time. What a strong person you are. Oh, well, thank you very much. I Have appreciate a great day. your having me on. Thank you. Absolutely. Our pleasure. We'll be back with the family. 